Amen. Well, really honored to have you here. Welcome again, especially if you're new. And uh, tonight, we're wrapping up a series that we've been going through in the book of James called Love Does. Because love has action to it. It's not just a feeling. It's not just something that you go, oh, I feel warm and cozy inside. It's more than that. There's something about this book that's been challenging. And as we dive into a truth for tonight, kind of a principle I want us to get, a truth I want us to see, and then some kind of expression of how you live out that principle is he kind of has some closing words. And um, closing words, I don't know if you've ever been around someone with a bullhorn. It's kind of annoying. I don't know if you could hear. <sighs> yes. Bullhorns are great. Sirens are cool. Yeah, they're cool. Um, it's interesting with bullhorns. It, it can help get a message out. It can help communicate. It helps broadcast it maybe a little bit more, uh, a little further reach than maybe you could do on your own. But in a lot of ways, sometimes, let's be honest, when people think about the church, this might be a symbol of what they think about the church. The church is a place that just shouts at us. The church is just a place that shouts instructions or condemnation or things about how the world should be. And the tension I want us to wrestle with tonight is that there is a major difference between shouting at and speaking into. And that's the tension that James wants us to live in and that he wants us to figure out and he wants us to begin to take some steps and to take some strides in how we are people who speak into the people around us, into a culture, into uh, one another's lives. And he kind of puts some parameters around. I think you're going to find it really fascinating, hopefully really life-giving um, to you. We've been in this book, as I said, the last eight weeks or so, and we're kind of wrapping it up tonight. You can catch anything you missed online. Um, James, in a lot of ways, we kind of have this overarching theme throughout the whole thing that the, the power of the gospel of Jesus is that it's meant to transform lives, not just inform lives. It's meant to be this transformation that begins to take place that, that your life gets changed, gets rescued by Jesus in his grace and his hope and his love. But it doesn't just stop there. It's this ongoing pursuit and adventure of change. It's this constant transformation that's going on in our lives, that it's about transformation, not just information. And James is really big on this because that's what happened to his life. If you remember, James is the half-brother of Jesus. He's the one that kind of said, Jesus, you're not the Messiah. No way. Didn't buy that. That's a wrong train. I'm not going there. And then the resurrected Jesus that we will celebrate again next Sunday and Easter. And why Christianity matters so much is it's not a religion about something you have to do to get to God. It's a faith journey that says God actually came pursuing you. And Jesus, by his life, his death, his resurrection, makes it possible to have life with God. And James discovered that for himself. And it totally wrecked his life in the best possible way. 
and he goes on to become a great leader in the early church in the first century there. And then he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this book to the early church, and he writes it to the church of Element City Church here in Tucson in 2015, that we might have some insights to how it goes about transforming. And he has a lot of things to say. We've already said this from the beginning. James doesn't mince words, does he? He doesn't waste his words either. He's, he's pretty blunt as you go through this. We've looked at a lot of different things. And tonight, I want you to kind of see one more principle that we, we kind of get to see. And, and I know what you're going to feel when you, when you hear this principle and you go, okay, yeah, that's easy to say, but it's another thing to actually play out. Because we have all these awkward tensions that happen in life. In fact, I want to give you a little quiz. We're going to kind of play a little game here. And uh, I'm going to give you three choices, okay? When something happens in life, you notice something. Are you a person that is quick to say something? Are you slow to say something? Are you the person that's like, yeah, it's too awkward. I'm going to walk away now. Okay. And you don't like, you're not even going to go there at all because that's really what James is getting at in the last two verses. Now, typically when you write an email or you write a letter or you send a text, like the last couple words are like, you, you abbreviate everything. You put a smiley face. Like it's really calm. You know, it's really kind of, you know, flowery. Right. But for James, like he saves these last two verses. He kind of has a punch to him. Because this is what I want you to do. And it's like, he doesn't even say goodbye. It's just, he's like, here. Remember how he started? Hi, hi, James. Let's go. And then, like, he doesn't even say goodbye in the letter. He's just kind of, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to get. So, this quiz about yourself. I want you to discover yourself. Are you someone who, um, let's, let's say you're at work, okay? You're at work, and uh, someone comes up, and they have really bad breath. Okay? And they're, like, in your bubble, in your space, and maybe for some of you, that's like 10 feet, because you're like introverted, and you're like, that's my space, don't come in here. Other people, maybe you're, you know, two foot radius, that's you, but they've got really bad breath. Are you a person that is quick to say something, slow, like you're hesitant to pull the trigger on like, hey, it's 9 a.m., he's got to go the whole day with this. You know he's got to have a lot more interactions with your coworkers and you again probably throughout the day. So you're like, do I say something? Do I not? Do you walk away? How many of you walk away? Yeah. Okay. Remind me not to go to you. Um, okay. How many of you, you would be quick to say something? How many of you be like uh, hesitant? Like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to say anything. How do I say anything? Okay. Let's say, uh, let's say you're someone else and, um, They've something in their teeth. You know, they've come back from choice, you know, choice food, salads, whatever. They got a, a green thing or a red thing or just orange thing. I don't know, something, it's not a thing. Uh, in their teeth, are you quick to say something, slow to say something, or some of you are like, I'm just going to walk away and mock them behind their back, okay? It's just because I know that's what you do. Like, I know that's not the Christian thing to say, but like in your head, at least, you're like, <clears throat> um, even if you don't bring it up to someone else. Okay. Uh, how about someone you hang around and you notice they are constantly distracted by their phone and you hang out with them, getting a little deeper now, okay? And they're your friend, but you know that they are constantly, like, you cannot have a conversation with them because they're like one of these people. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And like you could tell them the house is on fire. They don't hear you because they're tweeting about something or just like they're that they're just that distracted. So it's a little bit deeper. How many of you would be quick to say something like, hey, I think you have a problem 
Or um, maybe you're slow to say something, you're hesitant. Maybe some of you are like, no, look, I hate tension. I hate awkwardness. I, I just, I'm going to ignore it and I'm going to find a new friend. Okay? For some of you, maybe that's it. And that's sad. Um, so maybe I would encourage you even at least be slow to say something. Uh, how about this? You have a friend that is working way too hard. They're going way too fast in life. You notice it because you've been around them for a long time. Are you quick to say something? Are you slow? Are you hesitant to kind of bring something up and say, hey, you know, I think you ought to think about this. And maybe you're not trying to be their dad or be their mom or be their aunt or their you know, overprotective uncle or whatever. You're just trying to like, speak into their life a little bit. Let's say um, maybe you have a friend uh, that you go out with quite a bit and you're hanging out in life and you've noticed this trend that uh, you know, they drink some and it's, it's not bad and it's not, you know, it doesn't get to that place. But then it kind of starts tipping over the line where you start noticing a little bit more frequency, a little bit longer duration, a little bit more, and all of a sudden their character, who they are, it's changing. Are you a person that speaks into their life? Are you quick to do that? Are you slow? Are you a person that's like, I I don't want to go there because I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to come across. And so there's this challenge, this tension that goes on, and that's what James is going to speak into. He's going to have some words to say to us, these parting words. So the end of James, if you're on version, I put all the, the notes and the sermon um, scriptures in there, but the last two verses of James is James chapter 5. Here's what they are. James chapter 5, 15, uh, 19 and 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from their error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. You'll notice there's a period. There's no goodbye. This is James. One parting shot. Who does he start with? This is really important. How does he start verse 19? Brothers and sisters. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the church, right? This is where we have to be really careful. Because James is making it very clear. There is a difference between speaking at people and speaking into people. And what you want to do is he's addressing speaking into people. And you speak into people that you care about and that are with you. And then our fellow brothers and sisters, you speak into their life. And what he's saying is if someone has wandered, if someone's wandered from the truth, and it's not the idea of they've lost the gospel, it's this idea of truth, the best possible way to live life, which is kind of what we're going to look at in this next series. They've kind of gotten askew. They've gotten uh, kind of sideways in life. If someone's gotten to that place, you should go and speak into their life. He's kind of giving a real simple principle that if you that if you saw something, you should say something. That's the principle that he's kind of driving home to brothers and sisters. Here's what we know. The people we care about, their voice has sway in our life. The higher the relational connection, the deeper the impact of their voice in your life, right? 
the people you don't know who walk by and all that kind of stuff and they tell you their opinion on your clothing or an opinion on something, you're kind of like, well, I mean, unless you're super sensitive, you're kind of like, well, I don't even know you, so I don't care. Um, but the people you really care about, the people that matter to you in life, their voice probably has sway into your life. And so what James is saying is, brothers and sisters, the church, the way we operate, we need to be people who speak into one another's lives and actually open our lives to be spoken into. We need to be people that speak into one another's lives because we matter to each other. And we know that, and we see that, we feel that, we sense that. And we've gotten to a place where we actually live this out. Because here's the truth. Here's the principle. Love speaks life. It's what it does. Love speaks life. And when it sees something, it says something. It's really easy for us to drift in life. It's called the brokenness of humanity. We all still wrestle with that. And it's really easy. This isn't about perfection. This isn't about being perfect before God. This is about staying in a path walking with God in life. Why? Because the gospel has the power to transform people, not just be information they carry around. This is about transforming who they are and who they're becoming and how they're now living. And so as James is wrapping this up, he's saying, look, as you are connected, you've got to be people who speak into one another's lives. You've got to become people that are able to leverage your voice to build into one another because it will be for their good and for your good. It will help them in life. Love speaks life. Now, you may be here and you're not a follower of Jesus, and I think it's awesome that you're here just investigating and working maybe on your spiritual journey. We want to be a place where people who can, can be a part of us who maybe aren't convinced yet, and that's okay, that I, I would love to pray for you just to that on your spiritual journey. Jesus will just make himself more and more real to you. And what James is looking at here is he's saying to brothers and sisters, so if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you're kind of off the hook this week, but you kind of get to peer in to how we as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to live and how to express this. Now listen, I think this would actually be a really good principle for you to have people that can speak into your life and that you'd open yourself up to be a person that can have people speak into your life because I think it's actually for your good. But James is very clear here. He's saying, brothers and sisters, the family of God, those who call themselves part of the family of God who've been rescued by the grace of Jesus, you are to do this. It's not an option. It's not something uh, that you necessarily have to be quick to but you shouldn't be a person that avoids it altogether. See what he's saying? You should be people that speak into the lives of one another. And the problem has become that sometimes the church picks up the bullhorn and it begins screaming at people outside the church and telling them how they should be living and how things should be. And the truth is, that's not what James is saying here. He's saying... Brothers and sisters, you speak into the lives of those who are followers of Jesus. We don't yell at, and the church has become known to yell at, right? What if the church actually got better at speaking into the lives of those 
who are followers of Jesus, who are traveling life together, if we did that well and healthy, do you think a watching world might notice that? I do. This is where the tension exists in our culture, in our day, that sometimes we as Christians spend more energy and more time yelling at people outside the church because it's easier. It's less awkward. There's less tension because I don't have any relationship over here and I can just yell at and I can shout at instead of actually caring enough to swallow the gumption and to swallow the the pride and to to say, look, I want to have a conversation with you and I know this is going to feel maybe a little bit awkward and maybe I'm not seeing everything correctly, but I just, as your friend, as your brother, as your sister in Christ, I just, I feel like I need to say this and at least broach the subject. And you tell me, you fill in the blanks if I'm missing something. And that's tense. It's awkward. It's not easy, is it, to do that? Anyone ever been in one of those tense conversations with people? It's really easy to say, shut up, back off me. It's really easy to push back from being spoken into. And it's also really easy to abuse speaking into someone's life, isn't it? Especially if you're already on a power trip. That's why a lot of this has to be done with humility. We'll kind of get to that. The church has got to be known as people who are able to speak into one another's life. Because love speaks life. If you see something, you say something. That's what James is saying. That as you live life together, if you see something, and maybe you don't have the whole picture, but you are at liberty to say something. Why? Because it's for their good. And it's actually for your good. Here's the truth that's kind of wrapped around that. When, you, when love speaks, when it speaks life into people, it always, um, it always kind of seeks to build up and to point people forward. It never is about tearing down or pointing out in a shameful manner. See, when I, when I choose to live, as James is saying, as a person who, as a follower of Jesus, might be inclined to speak into someone's life, I'm always trying to build them up and point them forward. It's never about pointing out and trying to shame them. Uh, here's the deal. We all live with enough self-imposed shame. Let's be honest about it. For most of us, if you're healthy, you have an easy way of, you're probably your worst enemy at times. We have enough ammo to beat ourselves up, right? We don't need other people to do it. We've done it just fine, thank you. What we need is people that will speak into us, that will build us up and point us forward to something. We don't need people that could just point it out in shame and all of a sudden we live under that cloud. Here's what Ephesians 4.29 says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to whose needs your needs to gossip no your needs to feel better about yourself because you're making them feel worse no build into them build them up according to their needs that it may benefit those who are listening not speaking paul drills down on this He's saying this is the pattern of how the Christian community, how the faith community of Jesus' followers is to live their life. Not speaking at outsiders or speaking at people who aren't brothers and sisters yet. 
and speaking at in a way of condemnation, but of speaking and getting the, the gumption to actually speak into one another's lives because it's easy for us to drift. That you live with this principle that love speaks life. And when you see something, you say something. And as a person who's a follower of Jesus, you begin to live with this open mind, this open heart that says, I want to be spoken into because I want to become more and more transformed, to become more and more like Jesus. That's my ultimate goal. That's the journey I'm on, and I'm open to that. Even when it's difficult, and even when it's challenging. And here's expressions of that. So that's the principle, that's the truth. Here's three ways that that begins to get lived out in a proper, healthy way, according to the scriptures. I'll pick up with James and what he's saying, but also kind of drill down on some other pieces here. And how you begin to, like if you see something, how you say something, here's how you say something. See, you speak the truth in love promptly. You speak the truth in love promptly. I remember coming back, I was a middle school intern uh, at the church I served before here, and and we... uh, (laughs) I remember coming back, and, and, and I got hired back, and it was, it was post-intern days, and now I'm hired there. And uh, I remember uh, my boss kind of handed me a retreat, an upcoming retreat of 150 middle school students and all that kind of stuff. And I hadn't, I'd planned one, kind of, but he kind of just dropped it in my lap, right? And so I went off my experience from before, and I went off on all the trips that I had been on before, and I kind of put some energy to it. We had this big creative meeting that was coming up, and I went to the meeting. It was the night before, and I remember going out with my friends, and I remember thinking, you know, I really should be working more on this and this presentation that I've got tomorrow, but I thought, you know, I'm young. I've got energy. I'll be fine. And then I got home and I fell asleep. And then I woke up the next day and I'm like, oh, I got to go. And so I'm there and I've taken a little bit of notes and I went there. And I'm, I'm somewhat whimsical, kind of. Um, I'm somewhat decent on my feet. And, and I studied communication in college. So, like, I don't babble too much. And so I went through the whole presentation. It was, it was fine. It was good. There was people there and they were excited. We're getting excited for the trip. And I remember my boss saying to me, hey, can I see you afterwards? Oh, <laughs> I thought at first maybe he wanted to compliment me. And then I remember him kind of standing over in the corner, and he didn't look super excited. And I was like, well, maybe it's not a compliment. And then you start getting that feeling like, have you ever been pulled over by a cop before? Um, and you start feeling like, oh, was I speeding? Um, and then, then you're kind of like in this moment going, well, did, did he notice? And, um, and I remember him speaking into my life. And he said, Jack, I see so much potential in you. You cannot be a person that just mails it in last minute. And I see that as a potential of a trajectory that you can be on. And you're better than that. And I remember leaving that office going, ouch, that really hurt. But it was the best thing someone said to me all year. Because it challenged me. It made me better. It built me up in a way. It wasn't demeaning. It wasn't belittling to me. It wasn't pointing out and shameful. It was just saying, it was speaking into my life. And he did it promptly. He didn't email me. He didn't wait, you know, three or four days. He didn't wait three or four weeks to see if it's a pattern or so. He noticed something and he spoke into it. And I'm the one that benefited from it. See, when you speak the truth in love, you do it promptly. The second thing is you do it privately. 
this sometimes is where we get in trouble because sometimes we like to build a coalition of people who notice things and we say, hey, hey, I noticed this. Hey, did you notice that about him? Yeah. Did you notice that about her? Um, and we start trying to build this like little, this little huddle and we kind of get uh, people's opinions and we start doing this. And, and here's the deal. It's a slippery slope when it comes to gossip. Gossip sometimes is when I want to say something about you, but not to you. So I'll say it to other people. And it's not wrong to necessarily get advice and to get wisdom from other people, but sometimes it's a real slippery slope to get to the place where it's becoming gossip about other people. And what the Bible talks about is when you speak the truth in love to someone, when you see something and you want to say something, you go to them promptly, you go to them privately. Matthew 18 is this idea of, hey, if you've got something between you and your brother, you and your sister, like you go to them. You don't build a coalition or a huddle or, or get a, you know, a whole group together and then all of you go. That's not where you start. If you see something and you are called and God's inspiring you to say something, you go to them privately. And you do so in a way that gives them dignity and you speak into their life. Proverbs 15 says this, Truth spoken at the right time is like a choice fresh fruit. It's about timing. It's about being promptly. It's about being privately. It's not blasting it over the internet it's not trying to get other people in on the whole deal. It's not saying, hey, um, when we speak it publicly, a lot of times it's about our delight in seeing someone else struggle. And that's never healthy. That's actually really, if you carry that out far enough, that's really sick. And we don't see it that way because we see it on the surface but you can begin to play that out in your own life. And I think what the scriptures are saying over and over is, hey, if you have an issue, if you see something, you want to say something, you feel like God's leading you to it, then you do it properly, you do it privately. And you go to that person and you try to win them over. And then thirdly, um, you, you speak it prayerfully. See, what James is saying at the end of these verses is if you go to someone and, and you're able to bring them back, you're saving them from death. You're saving them from this life of, that is so much less than what Jesus desires for them. You're saving them from this detour in life that it's going to take them to the damage and the hurt and the pain that they're going to feel, they're going to sense, and they're going to create. And you're saving them from that. There's weight to that, isn't it? That's not just a simple casual thing. There's weight to that. And James is saying, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it prayerfully. You've got to realize that you, just, you don't just step into this whimsically. Now, some of you are much more extroverted, and some of you are much more blunt. Um, and that's a great gift in, in most settings. But I'm telling you, that can be a weapon in some avenues. And you need to be careful. That's why this is prayerfully done. It's, it's not this idea that as a Christian we go, hey, I see something, we say something. Hey, you got an issue. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest starting like that. That's not how you win friends and influence people. Okay? Some of this is sociology in a sense of just like, 
hey, I care about you. You know you matter to me in life. You're important. I've seen something, and I just want to bring it up, and I want to see if it resonates with you. Maybe I'm missing something. And so maybe it's simply saying, God, would you help me to understand this from your point of view? Am I just seeing something in my own selfishness or I just, you know, I, I don't want to celebrate them enough because maybe I'm actually hurting. Maybe I'm actually jealous or maybe I'm actually something. And so I just I want to go say something because it actually make me feel better. And I think in praying through that, you realize, wow, this is really about me and I've got some darkness. And so you let that go. And so that's why you pray through this. You do it promptly. You do it privately, but you are praying the whole way through. God, would you help me to communicate in a way that this person would receive it like they were receiving it from you? That it's not just about me coming in with guns blazing. It's coming in with just a heartfelt desire to see them built up and to keep moving forward in life. Would you help me to express that in the way that I live, in the way I enter into this conversation? That I don't yell at actually speak into. And I don't necessarily know how to do that the best in different situations. I've had opportunities um, all throughout uh, the time in ministry and outside of ministry. And the best I know how, trying to be a person of integrity, and I'm not perfect in it, of just trying to speak into people's lives and also being a person that can be spoken into of saying, I want to be a person that grows and learns from this. So here's for this week. Here's a couple things. One is this. Who might God be stirring you to speak into their life? He's actually placed you on their, um, their track, their path in life. He's placed you with some great relational connection because the higher relational connection, the deeper the sway and the influence your voice has in their life. And he's put you there where you can speak into their life, maybe even better than someone else because of the relational connection you have. Maybe there's some things that you've noticed in their life where you're saying, you know, I just, I see a drift. And maybe God's been putting you, uh, putting them on your heart to pray for them. And maybe this is the week where you're saying, you know, I think I need to go say something, but not say something to like belittle or, or just to blast them, but to build them up and to point them forward. And the second question is this, who... Who do you need to open yourself up to in order to be spoken into for yourself? To become a a fellow brother and sister who's letting people speak into your life. Is it your e-group? Is it people that you're connected to here? Is it people you're connected to that are other fellow believers that you say, um, how can you speak into my life? I love this question that uh, I wrote down a couple things. The best, best truth speakers are people who are truth seekers. The best truth speakers, those who speak truth into someone's life, are also people who are truth seekers. And Andy Stanley has a great question when you're trying to learn uh, and have people speak into your life. He asks it this way, what's it like being on the other side of me? And maybe it's just going to some people you trust and you just ask that question. Hey, what's it like being on the other side of me? Is there some things that maybe God wants to begin to work on and be continuing this transformation, this change process in my life? And so as the worship team comes back up, I just want to pray kind of to that end, to that extent, that we would become a church that are truth speakers as well as truth seekers. That we become a people 
who, who follow this Jesus on this incredible journey of transformation that we never get to the place where we feel like we've arrived because we don't get there till we go home to heaven. But we are in this constant process uh, of allowing God to speak into our lives through the people he's put around us, through his word, through different ways that he wants to communicate and connect with us. And that we'd be people that are open to that. And we'd also be people that are open to saying, hey, God, would you use me to build your church? And the church is people. It's not a building. It's people. And we want people to be built up to become more and more who Jesus dreams and desires and is pulling them to be. And so would you just pray with me on that end? And then after I finish praying, we're going to have a time of communion and a, and a worship song here to close out the night. Um, and then Brian will share one last thing. So I want to invite you maybe during the communion time as we remember the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that he made it possible for us to have life with God, that he makes it possible to continue to be the God who speaks into our life who notices us, that maybe he would raise up some people around us to speak into our lives, as well as open us up to be available to speak into those that he's put around us. And so, Father, I pray that we would become a church more and more and more who lives out this simple principle that love speaks life. It speaks life into people. It doesn't yell at doesn't shout in their direction. It's actually close in proximity. It's relationally connected. It speaks life into people. And that you'd help us to become aware, I guess useful for your sake, aware to the people that you've connected us with in relationship, those uh, now and those in the future. That, Father, we would be aware. And if we see something, that we'd say something. We'd say it promptly, privately, that we'd be praying the whole way through it, that it'd be expressed and communicated like it was just from you. And Father, would you also open us up to be people who maybe live with that question of people we trust around us who would just say, hey, what's it like being on the other side of me? I want to grow. I want to be transformed more and more. Help me. Speak into my life. We'd open ourselves up to that. Fathers, we remember Jesus and his sacrifice and his hope that he gives us. I thank you that you're a God who is not distant, that you're a God who's right here, who speaks into our life continually as we prepare ourselves for Easter. You came close enough to whisper. Would you help us be in awe of that again this week? As we worship you, would you move in our hearts?